Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for uh, watching Stay in Your Lane with Triple T Transport. Today's discussion is going to be on is the market softening out there everywhere or is it in regions? What's the impact on pricing? Uh, again, today we got Joe Lombardo, even E Avenue and Associates. Uh, Joe's vast knowledge, most of you know. Uh, 20 years with Nestle, uh, 10 years previous to that with Nabisco, and the the nearest 10 years he's been a consulting uh, president of uh, EE Avenue and Associates. So everybody uh, give you a little background on uh, Joe Lombardo. Most of you know Joe. I think even for some period of time, Joe, you were uh, president of the Food Shippers Association, weren't you? President for a couple of years. I was chairman of the board, on the board. So yeah, that was that was more than the beginning of the 21st century there that, when, I, when I had those roles. So I, I enjoyed that. Good. Well, um, talking about the market, we've seen a little bit of a shift. We're seeing it shift, uh, I'd say, uh, the past four or so weeks. Um, so we're seeing the capacity loosen. Um, what's your thoughts as to why? Well, I think a couple couple reasons. I think, uh, I think finally some shippers and some retailers, they finally have filled their supply chains. I mean, they've, you know, they were, they were, they were struggling to get product in. I think they've, they've, they've got to their, they've got to the points that where they need to be on inventory on some cases. I think on other cases, um, you know, I think business has slowed down because there's a natural slowdown at certain, you know, certain times of the year uh, on certain categories. And uh, I think inflation is probably dealing with this with the price of fuel, with food inflation, people might be trading down, they're trading down to certain other, uh, categories so i think inflation is driving some behavior that behavior might be afraid is, is affecting the freight market so i think mm -hmm. you got a lot of different things going on at the same time yeah i, I would agree i think we're seeing um, the impact of the uh, increase in fuel mm -hmm. uh the inflation that you're speaking of uh but also i think the other thing that that most people aren't wanting to acknowledge most shippers in the in the past um, three and four months have handed out some pretty hefty price increases. Mm -hmm. So, with that being said, I think that's the that leads us to the inflation. Okay. Okay. So you know if you're if you're a normal American in the United States right now, uh, your gas bill just doubled in the past twelve months. Your fuel bill and your grocery bill. This is on the verge of, of being up 25, 35% in the past 12 months across the board. Yeah. So I think that, that at some point in time, push comes to shove. Uh, on top of what you said with uh, maybe a, a slowdown time of the year where mm -hmm. people are, are getting ready to be done with the, the school year and it's you know, the holidays are kind of over with. The next holiday coming up is Easter. Um, but uh, I don't think the weather has been great either. Yeah. I think a lot of people have uh, maybe uh, gotten over the pandemic, uh, but also through the pandemic learned to uh, live a different lifestyle. Yeah. So uh, I think that there's multiple factors to your point uh, that we're seeing um, categorize where we are from a capacity. Uh, however, I do think that uh, it wouldn't take much to tighten capacity back up. 
for me. I, I would agree. I would agree there. I mean, it's. I'm not going to say the market's fragile, but you, you you get a couple of events, weather events out there, or you, you could you could see the market turn pretty quick. Uh, the other thing that I that I've noticed again, I've talked to some uh, people, and they're saying that you know the the uh, the, they used to get the, the communication they get from large shippers. You know, a lot of large shippers would go out to their carriage and say, hey, I got extra loads in these markets. And, uh, you know, for some big shippers, it might be 100, 150 loads a day. They were having problems covering. And these these carriers and brokers would come. They, they're telling me now maybe there's 20 or 30 loads. So you, you can see more freights moving at the contract rate. And, and, and to your point, the contract rate is probably a lot higher than it elevated you know, than it was a year ago because of the rate increases. So, and also, again, like I saw something yesterday, one of the, one of the uh, services said that, uh, maybe it was freight waves, that the load to truck ratio is has gone down considerably in the last couple of weeks. You know, you got five loads per truck or three loads per truck, whatever that number is, which is pretty much, you know, that, that's, that, that you're, yeah, that's pretty much an even market when it's, when it's that low. It's when you get, ratios like 12 to 1 or 15 to 1 that's where you get the shortages and the capacity constraints mm -hmm. no i agree um the 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 market uh, you know up in in new york for example or in many locations but i think across the whole country in january we saw a peak of a 40 percent rejection rate on load tenders refrigerated load tenders Refrigerate out of out of the northeast, you said, or uh, out of the whole country as a whole. Oh, the whole country, okay. Forty percent, and then um, pockets in the northeast, the New York market. Uh, whether you were loading in the Syracuse side or the Buffalo side, eastern or western New York, it didn't matter. It was seventy to ninety loads per truck. Wow! So <laughs> you know, if we see an uptick in volume. I think we'll, you know, we'll see, but I think, uh, I think that many people have increased some inventory capacity and they've maybe built up some inventory mm -hmm. along the lines of, of that and the time of the year. Yeah. So this is kind of a, a quiet spell, uh, before the summertime hits where people start to try and plan and get ready. Uh, I think right. the housing markets dropped. Yeah. And I uh, somewhat because I think interest rates have, have hit it some, and uh, I, would, I would say that uh, overseas the uh, conflict over there is definitely uh, making an impact back here. Yeah. So um, that and the fact that you know China's locking down entire cities because of COVID. I mean, Shanghai is, I think half the population is probably in lockdown right now because of the COVID spikes that they've seen so again what does that how does that translate to you know commerce you know loading ships and getting product out yeah well what um when's the uh when's the new year where they shut down i think uh, that's passed already i think that's passed already th that's early in the year for for them that's first quarter so uh i think at this stage of the game we're still seeing um long delays on a lot of material though when you go yeah. to store to the buy stuff, you're seeing back order scenarios have not improved, but uh, the capacity situation has. So um, navigating the major swings in the market, I, I don't think anybody uh, on my side of the fence is saying, hey, we know what rates are going to be and capacity is going to be for the rest of the year. Yeah. 
Um, I, I would agree. I mean, again, it, 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 I mean, it's a crapshoot. I mean, when you're, you know, trying to trying to trying to predict the market in these kind of conditions, you know, it's, in, 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 a, in a normal time, it's hard. And this, this time, it's probably impossible. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so what we're seeing, I think that we're going to continue to see uh, freight capacity tighten in the southeast. Okay. In the south central, the Texas, the Florida, the Georgia regions. I think we're going to see those stay tight uh, and continue to tighten up through uh, through June. And I think July, vacation season, without COVID stopping a lot of vacationers this year, right. uh, we could see a, a pretty flat July okay. that we haven't seen in the past if, that, if, the, if we don't have anything crazy, you know, natural disasters. Now, we're having seeing tornadoes and stuff like that right now, right. But, but we're not... We're not competing with FEMA like in 2017. Right. Right. So uh, I think that, you know, everybody's going to, on our end, what we're doing here uh, is we're going to play close to the best, uh, communicate and work to drive efficiencies from a cost perspective. Yeah. Um, and and knowing that uh, the market could could tighten up overnight. Yeah. In, in some regions. Um, have you uh, have you heard lately how capacity is out of uh, Southern California getting the containers unloaded? Uh, I think I think it's gotten better, but there's still I think there's still a backlog there, but it's nothing like it was you know six months ago when I had 150 ships out there. It's I think it's it's better contained now. It's still I, I still they're probably still breaking records at the two LA ports on uh, containers coming in, and I think there's been some few challenges. Uh, on the East Coast, as again, as shippers have shifted cargo away from Southern California, I think you've had some holdups in Charleston, Savannah, where there've been some ships that have had to wait extra some extra time to get unloaded, mm-hmm. which you usually don't see on the East Coast. But again, I think it's you know again it's those reactions, and you know you do something here, and then the next there's a there's a code, there's a step that happens because of that. Oh well, yeah, every action comes a reaction. Yeah. Reaction. Now- yeah. What I was trying to say, right? Um, what was it? Uh, you know, in, in December, the discussion was uh, there, you know, the backup, the backlog could be um, six to 12 months before they're back to a, yeah. uh, a, a normal pace and a normal um, a dwell time in the port. Right. Well, the other, the other thing to keep in mind is the, the West Coast labor agreement with the, the ILWU. That 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 uh it comes up in June thirtieth this year, I believe they've started to negotiate. But that's a pretty uh th- those those talks get pretty tense. And if there's any kind of labor slowdown, or I mean, you've had lockouts in the past, you've had walkouts. So I think a lot of shippers are looking at that, saying, "I want to get in front of this, and maybe I'm going to start moving some of my shipments, you know, to the Gulf or to the East Coast because you know I, I don't want to be stuck." You know, if the ILU or if the if the group that, that that represents the ports, if they start getting crazy and blocking people out and doing other stuff, so I think I think you're going to see some shifts because of that, and people are really looking at at that situation. Definitely, um, it, it never seems to fail. But I think the majority of that business uh, historically is the second half of the year, also. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, A lot of it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah retail for Christmas and retail, sure third and fourth quarter, uh, that may, you know, that may still rare its head. I don't know. 
but I, I know that uh, we're in a position where we recognize that the market's softened, but I think there's going to be some regions that are, are definitely strong and we have to be careful of, and then we got to navigate the other theory. Right. Well, this is a good, this is a good example, John, if you have a good relationship with your carrier, if you're truly a partner Correct. with a carrier, I mean, this is where a carrier hopefully would come to a shipper and say, Hey, you know, it's, things are a little soft here. You know, I can maybe do some things for you. Uh, you know, if you can help me here, I can help you there. So that's where that, that you, you get some of that horse trading going on. But if you're a shipper that's traditionally beating the crap out of carriers every time you can, you, you'll, you'll never get that call because it's an adversarial relationship. I'm hoping there's less out there than when I was doing this on a daily basis. Well, and I think if you have the 90 day review clause in there, you can really you can feel better about going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, if sure. if you're being held to 12 month pricing or trying to hold for 12 month pricing, I don't know that you'd be so quick to have that conversation. Yeah, true, true. You know, if you're if you're doing the 90 day review and you know you say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna make some changes now based on the last 90 days, but knowing that it may flip, you know, we may have to come back to the table for it in another 90. Right. I think that. That scenario allows for that, but if you're if you're trying to make it through the third and fourth quarter on your pricing that you're getting right now, yeah, then you're probably going to have to hold serve. Yeah, you're going to be in the, you'll be in the spot market. Yeah, you'll be big in the, you'll be in the spot market big time if things change. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think that's a, it's, it's a good conversation. I'm glad and thankful that uh, you made time again for us this week. Oh, no problem. And uh, you know, moving forward, uh, I don't know what next week's uh, discussions are going to be, but I'll reach out to you. I'll shoot you sure. an email. Sure. Uh, if, uh, if anybody's enjoying the podcast, definitely like and share. Um, and we appreciate you watching. Yeah, thanks, John. Yeah, good one.